showing me unfathomable love. Romans 5, 7 through 8. One was cursed to die for a righteous person, but perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. seen and unseen. We thank you for another opportunity to serve the ministry, to worship and glorify your name. We ask for protection for those who are going out and for those who are staying in. We thank you for all the blessings that you bestow upon us here set free. We ask that you will continue to teach us, lead us, guide us, and direct us, and order our steps the path of righteousness. We ask all these things as we pray the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, not from the kingdom, the power, Ringstones uh, leaves one the uh, the light on the kids. 
and he who lo- loves him, uh, and he loves him who speaks what is right. Fourteen, uh, king's wrath is a messenger of death, and a wise man will appease it. Fifteen, when a king faces brightens, it means life. His favor is like rain, a rain cloud in spring. Sixteen, how much better to get wisdom than gold, get insight rather than silver. Seventeen, the highway of the upright avoid evil. The one who guards his way is his life. Eighteen, <coughs> pride comes before destruction, mm-hmm. and an arrogant spirit before fall. <coughs> Nineteen. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. 20. He who heeds the word wisely will find good. And whomever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. 21. The wise is hard, are called discerning, and gracious word promotes instructions. Steadfast love and faithfulness and iniquity is a ton for By the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. There's a patient person, better a patient person than a warrior, one with self control, than one who takes a city. The highway of the upright avoids evil, he who guards his way guards his life. Those who listen to instruction will prosper, those who trust the Lord will be joyful.
Number nine. Amends hard against his way, but the Lord, but the Lord directs his steps. Amen. Amen. Um, sixteen four. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Um, Romans nine. Right. I'm gonna read eleven and twelve. Though they were not born. Not, not yet born or had done neither good or bad in order that God's purpose of election might be might continue not because of works but because of him who calls she was told the older will serve, serve the younger as it is written Jacob I loved but Esau I hated Amen. number 32 is better a patient person than a warrior one with self control than, than one who takes his city um, two, all a man's ways seem right to him, but the Lord evaluates the motives. Uh, in First Samuel, sixteenth uh, chapter, uh, Samuel was um, instructed by the Lord to, to, to go to Jesse of Bethlehem. Uh, because he had selected a king from his sons. And so he, you know, filled his horn with oil and went so he could anoint the right one. But when he looked at him, Jesse brought seven sons in front of him. And from the beginning, the first one was Eliab, and, and uh, Samuel thought certainly the Lord's appointed one is here before him. The corresponding verses, 16-7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or his stature, because I have rejected him. Man does not see what the Lord sees, for man sees what is visible, but the Lord sees what the heart. Visible. Amen. That's deep. Twenty-six. The person who labors labors for himself, for he is hungry. For his hungry mouth drives him on. Uh, Twenty-five. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death. It is the end is the way of death. Three, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your claims. Amen. Of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. 
in Christ has plans for, for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and on earth. <coughs> I, uh, yesterday, was, uh, I was late for class, man, and I don't want to apologize to the brothers, man, I was late for 945 class, but I was struggling yesterday, man, and uh, I was ready to go. I was ready to give up on the kitchen and, and the program. <coughs> And, uh, and when I tell you that, uh, that God has dominion over everything, man, everything, it is, it is, it is crazy, and in mind, my mind can't grasp it, you know, and we, in room three, we kind of chewed on it last night about where it came from and how it began, and, and uh, so I'm cutting potatoes yesterday, and I'm cussing every, every potato I'm cutting, man, I'm F-bombing it, bro, F this place, F this kitchen, and it's, and it's just on and on, and the hatred is just flowing out of my head, man, and, and uh, I reach into the box to grab my next potato, and um, let him have it, pull out this, man, let him have it, yeah. <laughs> I so, out potato, you man. better it have some like, love. Wait <laughs> <laughs> it. Man, when I tell you, man, it floored me, man. <laughs> Let Frank see the potato. He, Bro, Frank didn't see it. I, when I tell you, when I tell you, the God we serve has dominion over plants. Vegetables, everything, bro, at the right time. Because I had Robin cutting potatoes every day. It could have been Robin, though. That that potato was meant for me. And so I set my knife down and and I wiped I wiped everything down, man, and I went to class, man. And and I can't tell you the day went better. Because it got even worse. The day got even worse. <laughs> but, uh, I know this God we serve, man, and everything is for His purpose, for His glory. This, well, that potato it. was no way, shape, or form for, for the glorification of me. God and His Son and His glory. Amen. Amen.
19 and 32. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. And 32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules the spirit than he who takes the city. Amen. 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 Does it say how do you compare <coughs> to compete with horses or you can't compete with your men? Spirit, kind of. 
Commit to the Lord wherever you do, and He will establish your plans. All a man's ways minister to him, but motives are ways by the Lord.
trust the future to God, but we also need to make plans for our steps in recovery, for our, our retirement savings for our lives. Responsibly trusting God means taking action to secure what we need in life, while letting God's word and his spirit guide us in our preparation. Saying God will provide, and then sitting passively waiting on God to take care of us, is often an excuse for laziness. We need to get moving and let God determine our steps in the process. Amen. Amen. Do all the ways of the man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord ways the spirit. Number 15, in the light of the king's face is light, and in his favor is like a cloud of the better rain. Uh, say something about what little John and, and uh, JJ was talking about. Uh, I worked in the kitchen too. I know how it gets crazy in there. I worked in there with Mitch and Jeremy. And then um, it's a lot of those days, man. It's like um, you gotta uh, you gotta just be on fire in these classes, and you gotta have uh, sixty grown men, and children, and always need something. And then on top of that, I know for me it was uh, Mark coming there, and it wasn't nothing ever good enough for him. He wants to push you to excellence. Uh, it's just too much. We're like, we're not professional chefs or anything, man. And, um, well, you're a professional <laughs> chef. Well, I, I, I wasn't. I'm not. Um, and it was just, it's, hey, no, I feel you, Lolo John, because it's stressful, bro. It's extremely stressful. And um, I don't know, but uh, one day Pastor Mark had heard us, I guess, talking. He has good ears or whatever. But uh, he, he had heard us talking about it a little bit, and he told us to read um, Jeremiah 12, 5. It says, uh, if you have raced with, with, with men on foot and they have worried you, how will you compete with horses? And if in a safe land you are so trusting, what are you doing in the, thick, in the thicket of the Jordan? And uh, basically at the time we took it like, all right, you're here surrounded by Christians, surrounded by like-minded people, right? And um, you can't um, put your flesh to death and walk it out here where this is training grounds, bro. And when we get out there to the world where you're surrounded by worldly people, uh, you don't got no chance, man. You're going to be running with horses and, and vultures and snakes and all that. So it's um, better that you um, can express the way you feel. Or even for me, I'm talking to you right now when I was talking about me too, man. Um, it's better that you can express that with your brothers right here. And God can talk to you through certain things like that because you can hear his voice, man. You're around a lot of prayers right now around the word of God. Um, so training grounds right here, man. So I know I told you this a long time ago. And I know it sounds like I'm telling you to suck it up, but count it all joy, bro, for real. Because God's working on you, man. Amen. Amen. Amen.
<laughs> Amen. Number nine, in the hearts. Ooh. Humans plan their, their course. Who made it two weeks But the Lord there. establishes their steps. Forever. and an arrogant spirit before fall. I go to the shortest book in the Old Testament, uh, Obadiah, verse 3 and 4. Your presumptuous heart has deceived you. You who live in the clefts of the rock in your home on the heights, who say to yourself, who can bring me down to the ground? Though you seem to soar like an eagle and make your nest among the stars, even from there, I will bring you down. This is the Lord's declaration. Amen. <clears throat> Seven, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Thirty-one, the silver hair, the silver hair head is a crown of glory and is found in the way of righteousness. Uh, go to Leviticus, Leviticus 19.32. And it's Frank's You shall rise before the great head and honor the presence of an old man and fear your God. I am the Lord. Amen. 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 Yes, sir. <laughs> you too stand. <laughs> 26. The appetites of labor works for them. Their hunger drives them on.
comes out of him will be blessed for the Lord, by the Lord. And that force will be blessed for your help. You know, and we should always set a credit back. Or the force, if you thank God, because there's a lot of people out there that don't have a credit force. Amen. 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 And they will give you this, even a piece of Christ from the floor to be full. And they have to go hungry. And they are blessed by the Lord. That we, got, we have every kind of meat in this. All kinds. Maybe we're not pleased with what we like to eat in that moment. But we are fed. You know? yeah. That comes by the Lord. and truth atonement is provided for iniquity and the fear and by the fear of the Lord one departs from evil and uh Proverbs 19.23 where it takes me with that one says um states the fear of the Lord leads to life and he who has it will abide in satisfaction he will not be visited with evil
Whoever believes will not act in that. Also, I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plummet. The hail will sweep away the refuge of lies, and the waters will overflow the hiding place. Your covenant with death will be annulled. Your agreement with Joel will not stand. When the overflowing scourge passes through, then you will be trampled down by it. As often as it goes out, it will take you. For morning by morning, it will pass over, and day by day, day and day, and by day and by night, it will be a terror <coughs> to understand the report.
six years in prison, so I moved from Los Angeles to a suburb outside of Los Angeles, uh, name of the city's Diamond Bar. Um, there I stayed with my grandma, my grandpa, my uncles, like my mom's sisters and brothers and stuff. Um, yeah, I stayed there for about, uh, and so I stayed with my grandma my whole life, really, but uh, from two to uh, five, eight, nine, ten, whatever. My mom got out when I was nine years old. I really didn't know who she was, so that was like a little... Um, awkward, man. So I always looked at my grandma as my mom, you know what I mean? I was a little awkward. Um, when I got a little older, like five, my grandma started getting, um, started taking care of foster kids. When her, her, all her kids got grown, you know what I mean? I was the first grandkid, but she started taking care of foster kids. So there was always like new people in the house. People would come for like, you know, five, five days, three weeks. I was like uh, five years old, like some, uh, I was five years old, uh, one of my grandma's foster kids uh, molested me, man. It was, it was a guy too, so um, that was a, a a hard pill for me to swallow. But at that time, I just kept it. You know, I, I buried it down. You know what I mean, and just went on about my life. Uh, it had it, it, uh, uh, very trauma. Though. That's not good. You know what I mean. So it, it surfaced later. But um, all right. So that happened, man. But I grew up. I had a a good childhood. My grandma raised me up good. She got me the things I wanted and stuff. And she was uh, a Christian lady. She was uh, always praying. I always seen her praying for me, for her children, my, my uh, other cousins and stuff like that, man. So uh, that was a good experience. She made sure I had to go to church, you know what I mean, on Saturdays or Sundays. If I was there, she would, she would wake me up, make sure I had to go to church. If I was staying at my cousin's house or whatever. But um, uh, some of my earliest memories of, of uh, my grandma praying uh, when my mom was in, in prison, I, I don't know if I was, I was probably like four, three, four years old, but she uh, was showed me how to, you know, call to God, uh, pray for my mom's safety. Uh, you know what I mean? Just like little stuff like that. I, I remember that. That's one of my earliest memories of uh, any kind of prayer, man. So, um, yeah, prayer is definitely powerful, man. I'm, I'm going to explain why, man. As I grew up, man, I um, remember this one incident. Uh, I was in high school, out at a party, drunk, kicking at me and the homies. And um, that night, this dude, his drunk, pulled a gun on me and my homeboys. It was by a car. Like, he done, you know, held the gun in our face. Uh, said, no, I wasn't you that did it. Pointed the gun at me, at the homie. No, I wasn't you who did it. And one of his boys come get him. Like, man, you tripping. And then um, that later on that night, 2 in the morning, whatever, when I got home, I walk in the house and I see my grandma at the kitchen table crying, praying and stuff, you feel me? So I'm like, I feel like that prayer was why that night didn't go the way it would have went, man. So prayer is definitely powerful, man. And um, but um, like I said, that very trauma has surfaced as I got older, man. And like really black people, we really don't do all that therapy stuff, all that go talk to a shrink. I know my family didn't. So uh little therapy I had was, you know, my family just praying for me or whatever, but I started self-medication, start, start self-medicating, man, I started taking 
uh, drinking, you know what I mean, taking pain pills or whatever, man. Um, 2008, I graduated high school in 2007. Uh, 2008, I have my daughter. She's 11 years old right now. Uh, she lives in Orlando with her mom. Um, 2009, my grandma died, and uh, the painkillers uh, returned from me taking painkillers every once, two, twice a day or something to an everyday thing. I went off the deep end when she died. I was like, my mom, man, she raised me. Uh, I feel like she instilled some good morals in me, man. But um, when she died, I went off the grief, the deep end, man. Um, that that uh, put my family in a tough position, man. That was me, my daughter, my stepson, my my baby moms. We stayed like we had a house, apartment, and stuff like that, like a real life family, man. And uh, by me going off the deep end, I forgot to the point to where uh, she was just tired of me. Uh, taking things, stealing, cheating on her, always been higher on the kids. So she, uh, when she ended the relationship and she moved to Florida, man. Uh, by 2015, I found myself homeless in Vegas, uh, strung out on a needle, man. Uh, went from taking pills to doing heroin and crystal meth, man. Uh, IV drugs, man. And um, anyone that's been there, they know that's a lot of strong bondage, man. That that bondage is uh, very strong, man. Uh, it goes. It goes deeper than just the chemicals you're putting in your body. It's the way you're putting them into your body, man. And um, um, I was—I really didn't know what I was doing when I was doing it. I was, a couple people showed me how to do it, but I wasn't really, you know what I mean, doing it right, I guess. So 2016, I caught endocarditis, man. Uh, what endocarditis is, it's a, a bad blood infection. I guess you get from staff or shooting up bad drugs or using dirty water or whatever, a dirty needle, anyway, anyway. Caught this disease, uh, endocarditis. Um, and fortunately, I went to a hospital in Las Vegas, man. Um, I was to the point to where um, I had a stroke before I even went to the hospital. I had it for that long. This was February 2016, so I, I feel like I might have had it since November 2015. Um, at the time, I didn't know what was going on. I was so tired. Uh, as I got there, um, I was pulling the IVs out of my arms and stuff like that. I just had wanted to go to sleep, man. I was, I was real tired. Um, my family, my mom, my aunties, my uncle were in California at the time. I was in Vegas. Um, next thing I remember, they bust through the, through the door and uh, basically just tell me, like, well, what are you trying to do? Die? Let them do what they got to do. Um, that was in February, man. I was in the hospital in Vegas, I think, for like three weeks. And... Um, they really didn't know what to do. Their medical uh, field or their medical doctors, they weren't um, equipped enough to um, do the surgeries. They were telling me I had some blood, I mean some, uh, what do you call it, um, on my heart valves. I had vegetation growing on my heart valves and they were going to have to replace them, but they didn't know how to do it. I had uh, bleeding on my brain um, from aneurysm or cysts on the side of my right brain. I had a stroke during this time. So basically, they were just going to let me die. There was nothing that um, they really could do for me. So this just shows God's grace and the power of prayer. So my family came together. I didn't know at the time. I was just going through some things, just sleep. I, I wanted to go to sleep, bro. I, I, was, I was done. But um, my, I, I found out later my mom was on the phone with different doctors, hospitals throughout the United States, man. They were just praying for me. And um, my mom had her friends praying. All kinds of just, all, like, a lot of saints were lifting me up, man. My friends were praying and stuff for me. And uh, my mom found this hospital at UCLA, Ronald Reagan Medical Center. It's a real good hospital. It's actually the third uh, best hospital in the nation, actually. They have a good uh, 
good surgeons, good doctors, and everything. So, and they decided to take my case. And I'm not insurance, bro. I have Obamacare. You feel me? I didn't have no insurance. So that was God just opening the door. They didn't have to do these million dollar surgeries that they did on me, man, for nothing. Um, so they airlifted me to uh, Los Angeles one night. Um, uh, since I got there, I started feeling better, man. Um, they had to basically get the, the bacteria under control before they can do any surgeries, man. Um, so I got to uh, the hospital in Los Angeles probably in February, February, March, uh, then April 7th, I had my first surgery, and that's actually on my birthday. I had brain surgery on my birthday. They had to remove this abscess out of my head, man. And um, May, I had the heart surgery. Um, um, through that time, man, I had a stroke. I suffer from seizures now. But uh, God's good, man. The power of prayer is very powerful, man. And um, I feel like at the time, uh, if God would have took me, bro, I would have went to hell. And it would have been perfectly just because I heard of Jesus. Yes, when I was a kid, I prayed, but I didn't understand the gospel. I didn't understand my need for a Savior. And God would have been perfectly just for sending me to hell. But God, he had different plans for my life, man. And I thank him for that every day. Because uh, a lot of doctors I haven't seen now, they look at my medical records, man. They say you shouldn't be alive, basically, man. Two things that you need to survive, bro, your your brain and your heart, they were really out of there, man. I don't know why you're alive. And then, you know, now I can share with them because I'm a child of God and you want to build a testimony. That's why I'm here because God's grace and mercy on my life. Probably because those prayers that my grandma was sending up years previous, man. Honestly, that's, that's how I feel. But, um... When I got out of the hospital uh, in 2016, man, um, like I said, I didn't really know Christ, man. I was, um, I kind of had an incline of a, of why God saved my life, you know, to speak people, speak to people who had drug problems and stuff like that. But I still didn't know Christ, so I still wasn't at peace. You know what I mean? That peace doesn't come until you're reconciled with God for real. So, um, like an idiot, I was just in the hospital for three months, 90, like 93 days. Like an idiot, probably a month after I got out of the hospital, I'm back doing drugs. I, I started taking pills again. Uh, pills turn into crystal meth, man, after I just had heart surgery. And I'm not glorifying that. I'm just telling you guys how strong this bondage is or whatever uh, the idolatry that I was doing, trying to uh, fill this void, man. So um, 2016, I was um, back doing drugs, man. By 2017, I found myself homeless in California, man. Um, I went to this church, uh, it's called Victory Outreach, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that, it's a, a discipleship, kind of men's home type thing, um, their doctrine's a little twisted, but um, someone there told me about set free while I was there, so um, I always had that in the back of my mind, um, and I was reaching out for help, man, I wanted to go to uh, an inpatient treatment, man, this place called Cedar House, um, and I was uh, talking to like a case manager, this guy that was going to get me in there, and um and because he found out about my medical condition, he made me uh, go talk to, go see my doctor and get a clearance before I can get in there. That was um, a week before I was supposed to start, um, was supposed to check in. So um, this is how God just closes doors if um, it's not the right door he wants you to go through. Um, I would call the guy every day and check in and say, all right, I'm going to do this tomorrow. Um, and he was like, all right, just give me a call so I can call the house and we can get you in there. That happened three, four days. Um, and then I finally got it. I called him. He was like, all right, cool. Called me on Monday. Called him Monday. He didn't answer the phone. Tuesday, he didn't answer the phone. Wednesday, he didn't answer the phone. By Thursday, 
my aunt who was letting me stay there until I got into a treatment place. Um, she was like, well, you got to get out of here. You can't stay here. And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, then um, I remember what the guy told me about set free. I called up there. Um, the director there was just like, well, um, do you know Jesus, basically? I was like, yeah, I'm saved. I've been saved since I was a kid, and I know and I was on my way to hell, basically. Um, so I go set free. It's in Lake Elsinore, California. I meet this guy named New York the first night. It's funny how God works, man. Um, this guy told me, he was like, God's putting on my heart to help you out for some reason. I don't know why, but um, just if you need anything, just ask me. And I'm, you know, high. I've been up for a couple of days, whatever. Like, man, get away from me, weirdo. Like, like, what's it? like all right, well, whatever. But um, when I got there, man, um, uh, the reading the word, our little Bible studies, man, and a lot of prayer. It took about three weeks to a month, but um, God um, start His word started speaking, man. It was um, a pastor that came in, Pastor Victor, um, and it's kind of ironic because that's the same pastor that um was preaching when Pastor Mark said he got saved. Uh, Pastor Victor, he's he's real dope, man. He uh, for the first time, uh, I heard the gospel explained in a way that um, that I guess penetrated my heart, man. And I I seen because I know my sin, bro. You know what I mean? I know a lot of all the bad stuff I done did, man. And um, I don't know, it just penetrated my heart to a way where I understood who Jesus was, why he came here, and uh, when the resurrection became real to me, bro, through prayer, um. God really, you know, lifted my spiritual eyes, man. I had a little purpose. I understood that humans were put here to glorify God, man. And um, so God gave me that purpose, man, and um, gave me a little bit of peace. And uh, basically, that peace and that love I was searching for my whole life. Um, there, set free there, man. Like after 60, 60 days, they asked you to bless out and go to a phase two home. Uh, I pulled New York to the side. And I asked him, basically, like, New York, um, you guys don't have any set frees in Florida or anything? Um, my daughter's been out there for four years. I want to try to get closer to her. He looked at me like, are you serious? Like, with a shocked look on his face, he uh, let me know that he had helped Pastor Mark actually start this set free. He had just been in California for eight months. So I feel like that was God telling him, putting it on his heart when I first got there to um, help me out. You know what I mean? So he called Pastor Mark, man, and um, I thought I was coming out here to get my life together. Um be around my family more often. I mean, and God is doing that too. But when I got here the first time, this is my second time here, man. I got under um, some good teaching, man. And God revealed his character to me deeper because there's a, a lot better teaching here. It's more biblically sound here, man. I was I was shown how to read the Bible and just, um, um, just, just God isn't a feeling. You know what I mean? God is uh, everything that God does in your life. Is um for his purpose is to be glorified, man. So um, I got some better better teaching. And the first time I was here, I got called to leadership, man. Um, I was supposed to serve for six months. Um, I ended up serving for four months and stepping down two months early. And uh, as soon as I did that, I knew it wasn't what I was supposed to do. But I still went to work. I had no peace at work here. I was working at the same place I'm working at now, Wendy's up the street. But I had no peace. I was miserable. Uh, cause I felt like I was walking out of God's will. So, um, a couple months passed, I had a seizure after work one day, so, me being my mom's only child, the first grandkid, the first nephew, whatever, all my family's worried, and they're like, come back out here, talk to your doctors, so I go back, go home, and, uh, from the world's eyes, it looked, uh, I, I was doing good, you know, had a, uh, 
some money coming in, had a car, an apartment, girl. I looked like I was doing good, but I was absolutely miserable, bro. So, um, man, that just, you know, uh, when we don't have no peace, we, uh, well, I, I resort back to what I know best, bro, and that's idolatry, man. Drug, drug use is just idolatry, trying to find, uh, happiness out, uh, inside anything except God, things that God created, you know, I'm not saying he created drugs, but you know what I'm saying, like, um, yeah, man, so I tried to, you know, find some peace, so I went back to doing drugs when I went back, uh, 2018, when I left here and went back to California, it didn't last too long, man, um, probably about a couple weeks before I came back here the second time, I, I've been here since April 20th of this year, um, I had OD for the first time to where I blacked out, and, um, it would have been a bad look if I had to die that, that day, too. I was on skid row in someone's tent going down there to pick up. My car parked right outside his tent. It would have been bad if I had to die that, that day. After, when I passed out, that's the first time that it ever happened. And um, I just, uh, I don't know, it just was on my heart. Like, man, you got to get back to where you belong. You're walking you're, you're uh, walking outside of God's will right now, bro. And he's either going to take his hand off of you. You keep playing. So, um... I reached back out to Pastor Mark, asked him if I could come back here, and um, he was like, "The way out here, yeah, you can come back. It's no problem." And then he hit me like six months phase phase one. No, I'm like, "Oh, here we go." But uh, that was cool, though, man. I'm um, I'm glad I came back out here, man, because since I've been here, man, um, that peace has came back, man. That that peace and that purpose, man. That sense sense of belonging, um. God started speaking to me again since I've been here, man. Um, a verse God put on my heart when I got here was, uh, I think it's 2 Timothy, where it says, if anyone purifies himself, he'll be useful to the master for every good work. Um, so I asked God to show me what are the things that were hindering me, man. Basically, um, he put on my heart, it was, it was tobacco. So May 7th, I was praying, man. May 7th, uh, he took the urge from, for cigarettes from me, man. I haven't smoked a cigarette since May 7th, so... God is definitely able, man. Um, I, shortly after that happened, he's been revealing a lot more to me, man. Um, give me direction direction about my purpose, like what I feel like he wants me to do for the kingdom, man. He's given me an idea for a little bit of poetry, man, some music, uh, the whole Pop Life Coding line. Uh, Pop Life is an acronym for uh, Peace Over Pleasure, Living It For Eternity. Because um, as drug addicts, man, we like pleasure, but uh, I tried to go... Do some pleasure, man. He took my peace, and I'll take peace over the pleasure any day of the week, man. So, um, God breaks chains, man. I feel like He keeps uh, breathing on these dry bones every time that I'm disobedient, man. He brings me back, man. And even when I um had stepped down two months early from my commitment that I made here to set free and Pastor Mark, um, it's funny. I was the overseer in room three, man. Um, I left. I stepped down right. When I came back, they put me back in room three, and um, and um, I love Kevin to death, man. But our overseer, he wasn't really being a spiritual leader at the time, man. So um, I'm not saying I was a spiritual leader in the room, but God was. I feel like he was using me to talk to the men that were in there, and um, I was in room three for two months. So I feel like God's like, there's no running, bro. If you, if I want you to do something, or you made a commitment to me to do something, you're gonna do it. Unless you want to go the long way and, and come back. Yeah, I still had to do it in the same room. You know, I had to do it. It was That's no running awesome, away bro. from it. But um, 
that peace came back, man. That's and that's um what I'm all about right now, man. Trying to walk it out. I know uh, asking for peace, our our being focused on this peace sounds selfish, man. But the peace comes from Christ, regardless, man. And um and um walking this thing out, man, is um I feel like that's like that's um an eye opener to this thirsty world. That's like being a, someone who's thirsty, that's like being a Fiji bottle. It's good works of walking this out, really being a Christian, man. And that's uh, what I'm trying to do now, man. Um, he, God's been revealing a lot of stuff to me through music. I got, like, some songs, a lot of ideas for T-shirts, clothing, man, uh, poetry. It's um, like he's going to be glorified the same way he's glorified by taking cigarettes from me, man. Um, God's able to do a lot of things. I feel like I'm living proof, man, with what he's done in my life. You know what I mean? Um, there's no sin too far, man. That's out of God's, uh, out of God's reach of grace, man. He's able, man. Um, and it all starts when you uh, understand your, your need for a savior, man, and cry out. He'll, he'll remove that veil from your eyes, man, and give you some true purpose and peace on this earth, man. And um, anything outside of that is just vanity, man. I, I didn't try to do every other thing, and it doesn't uh, fill the void that we have, man. So, um. I'm Q. Love y'all. And that was my testimony, man. Right Amen, bro. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who got a question? I want to hear one of them songs. Yeah, brother. Yeah. 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 Let me see. Now, this is just a little, look. This is just a little poem. Or kind of like a poem. I have, I have wrote, like, on uh, my Bible. It was talking about a song. And then, like... Um, basically, uh, writing out to God for what He did in your life. All right, yeah, whatever it says. It's just, it's just a poem, though. It says, "God, yes, the same God, God, the Creator of heaven above, the Founder of the earth and the sea, the Maker of man and everything we see, the Giver of life, not bound by time, Author of our days. Like we write, well, He wrote, we write. God, the Great I Am, who's always been right there through the trauma, through the fears, through the pain, through the tears, through the storm, through the rain." Through the guilt, through the shame. Don't blame, but rather thank for the testimony you made. This is a little stuff. That's like a little poem thing. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. That is good, bro. Oh, what if I told you? Our selflessness. I got. I don't know, man. It's not. It's not. It's all from God, though. I'm done. What I said, what I just said. Now, yeah, now you're committed. Don't get in there. You earned it. Yeah, crazy, man. All right. Um, it's a, uh, all right, goes. Uh, it's just a poem, too. It's not a rap or anything. But what if I told you, in God's eyes, hate was equivalent to murder, which is the same as lust after person, no matter your preference. That's equal with keeping up with the Joneses. You know, just because they got it, now you want it. What if I told you? Think back to when you was a kid, that thing you did, then claim that you didn't. Hey, what if I told you? Teenage, what your parents say? They said, no, you did it anyway. Hey, what if I told you? And nowadays they say, swear to God, and that's the norm. You don't, then you are. Hey, what if I told you? That was the same as drug addiction or watching porn or something like stealing from a store. What if I told you? That was equal with a rapist, a stripper, a fondling priest, a serial killer. What if I told you, Black Panther, member of Klan, Taliban, ISIS, or Hitler, we're all sinners. It's a heart condition. In God's eyes, um, what if I told you, 
one sin bans you from getting in. Because God is just. He must punish sin. It's who he is. But God, God is love. And love is this. He sent his son to pay for sin. What if I told you? 33 years, he lived life sinless. And unless you live like him, you got to pay the price. The price for sin is death. So Jesus had to die. But he never sinned, so he's alive. He beat the grave. It took three days, the stone that was rolled away. And our Savior walked out the grave. Death, you've been defeated. In heaven, that's a free gift through faith in Jesus. What if I told you? Would you believe it? Amen. God's good, man. He breaks chains, bro. Um, I love y'all, man. And um, I, I just pray that uh, my story, um, uh, God, God was glorified in that. And that um, it shows somebody that uh, God's grace, uh, a lot about God's character, His grace, the way He uh, forgives, the way uh, prayer works, man. I just pray that that glorify God and not me or not the sin, man. Any more questions, y'all? Uh, Good, man. Evangelist Cali Q. That wasn't my nickname in there for no reason, man. You gotta I'm just playing. That's it. No more questions, yo. That's it. What's next? What's next? Yeah, that's it. That's it, man. You wanna pray it out? You can pray it out. Yeah, you gotta pray it out, bro. I'll do that. Hey, you got a question? I came back April 20th, 2018, so I was going exactly a year, man. And, um, yeah, it gets, yeah, very short, man. Uh, oh, I got to tell y'all one more thing, bro. A lot of people on phase two, we got phones. Um, I didn't, when I left, I didn't, I didn't just go back to doing drugs right away. You know what it was? First, the eyes, your eyes are the window to your soul, man. Uh, it started with porn, bro. Yeah. Porn drained my spirit so much that I just went to do drugs anyway. So I'm, I, I pray you guys don't do that because it's very real, man. It's uh, our eyes aren't made to look at stuff like that, man. And especially if you got the spirit of God in you, man. So I just, I just want to say that I don't know who needs to hear that, but amen. Yes, sir. Yeah, I was here one when you had that seizure working. Yes. Yes.